It's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's neworleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limousine or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you. Because that's New Orleans and this is Happy Hour, a cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleans in a bar today, we're at the Fabulous Wayfair on Ferret Street, which is a couple of blocks down from the Polian Avenue across from the European Wax Centre. Are you familiar with the European Wax Centre, you people? No. No. Oh, we'll check never it out. It's right. It, but yeah. you've never heard of European... No. I mean, you... I've heard of European waxing. I've what well, what is European waxing exactly? Um, well, it's not candle making, I can tell you that. <laughs> we know yeah. that. It's, you know, How it's does European waxing differ from American... I think it's just trying South to... Uh, I think it's just trying to give it a label to make it more fancy make sound. Make it more sort of yeah. attractive sounding? Yeah, since it's, you know, would you it's feel ripping like you hair prefer off to be, of your yeah. body. So I would right. think that they want to make it sound as nice as possible, right? Would you prefer to be waxed in the European style? I don't know what the style difference is. I don't know either. Do you Brazilian, know Dustin? Right? This is Dr. Arwen <laughs> Podesta, by the way, the voices of the Euro- European wax <laughs> expert we're talking <laughs> <Wait>. to. <laughs> and Dustin Locke is here as well. Have you ever had anything waxed off of oh, you? No, no. Have you ever considered it? I think it? this is a no. challenge. No, it sounds painful. I know. And Genevieve Douglas is here as well. Hey, Genevieve. Uh, hi. What's yeah, your waxing history? Uh, monthly. Monthly? Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. What date? Um, I have an appointment on Saturday. Every? Look at you. Really? <laughs> you get waxed. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Much more consistent than most people in Even in yeah. wintertime. And well, it's is... winter in New Orleans, though. Yeah. yeah. What part of the body are we talking about? Um, Just what you'd expect, pubic area. Yes. And you have to get that done every month. I do. Does it grow back that fast? Um, for me, it does. It does. I have wow, fast you, growing hair. You do. Mm-hmm. What would happen if you didn't get it done every month? Who would complain about that? Um, I don't know that anyone would vocally complain. Right. Um, <laughs> but are, are you dating someone or are you married? Or what's the deal on that? Okay. Mm-hmm. Does your husband comment on that, or is it mostly just uh, for your own He, he does comment, yes. He does? Yes. Okay. Mm. Guys have preferences, don't they? Uh, I think so, a, yeah. They do. Yeah, Thomas heard. is going to weigh in here on this <laughs> yeah, subject. For the record, hear. this is the most aggressive start to a program. I'm going to chime in because I, I'm, I have goddaughters, and I am very much for waxing, mm-hmm. overshaving. It, it, it is okay. a bad idea to... Uh, to teach your children to shave early, and I think that waxing really is a fantastic alternative. I think that's great. This is a very serious matter that we need to talk about. But can you do <laughs> waxing yourself? Shaving you can do yourself in the right. shower. Right. What can you do? Waxing People yourself. People can wax. Yeah. Yeah. I've do you waxed. Do it? You don't do it yourself. My own legs. No, you I've, have. I've tried. waxed my own legs. Your own yeah. legs. It was mm-hmm. not successful. You did try. Mm-hmm. And what was the? Not successful. <laughs> what was the result? Though? <laughs> just not, in what sense? Just, just like it wasn't even. Completely. Or? Well, yeah. Like yeah. I mean, just, we don't have to get into the details. Ah, <laughs> it's just like the wax doesn't get hot enough. It doesn't remove everything. It takes longer. I mean, it's just you got to pay some money. Yeah. I, w- I did go to a non-European waxing place one time here in New Orleans, and I was very disappointed. I will not name the spa, but the uh, waxer, as she was removing the hair very aggressively, she opened me in the eye and gave me a black eye. Oh, I got a black that's... eye from waxing, so that's okay, even that's more painful. Okay, that's the best story of all time, perhaps. <laughs> and I got wow. a black eye from waxing. What? Wow. Right? Yeah. That's but, pretty funny. Did yeah. they compli- make it complimentary? No, did they didn't still no, charge you for that? they did not. And they didn't even like what? offer me anything at all. I was very upset. And they this was before full price. Yeah, this was before the you. days of Yelp. And <laughs> oh, so I yeah. did not have the opportunity right. to comment. You had no way of getting she back at them. Yeah. 
I know. Uh, yeah, that wouldn't happen today. <laughs> Yelp has pretty much ruined everything for everybody. Ruined the internet. The internet. Don't you think? I thought New Orleans was a lot better before Yelp came along <laughs> as a city. <laughs> Didn't you think? Hey, we, uh, we had the city to ourselves. Right. And there were places where tourists went. And there were places yeah. where locals went. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot more. And now Yelp has destroyed that. Yeah. Well, the internet. People would have still found other, like, Yeah, I guess you can't blame Yelp entirely, but I think Yelp is majorly responsible for that. Uh, don't you think? No. I'm not going to no. hate on Yelp. But I also I I'm not a commenter. I don't review on Yelp in general. I'm a, I'm a big, so. I'm a TripAdvisor reviewer because I use TripAdvisor so frequently um, when I'm traveling to find you travel a lot. underground places, right? Yes. Hey. I've just found this great Japanese restaurant that I'm going to in Phoenix when I'm there for a case that I'm working on. So, yeah, so I... What's, so, the, what's the case you're working on? Oh, um, I'm a legal expert on a an, uh, wrongful death case um, regarding addiction. <laughs> wrongful death? Wrongful, like whether someone should have been treated differently by the physician and by the oh, like malpractice. It's not malpractice, it's a civil suit, but it is, it's a wrongful death case. So I don't want to get into the details too much. Oh, you but can I totally can get into it, it's fine. No, not right now. What, what, no, is, the, what is the definition of wrongful death as opposed to malpractice? So malpractice, you are suing the uh, insurance that is covering the, the doctor or the establishment. And um, a wrongful death, you're actually suing the individual. The doctor. Yeah. So and so it's you, not, it's a, not a malpractice. Too. I am a physician. Um, so you're correct. like a physician who's an expert witness against another physician? No. On this case, well, I mean, I don't choose based on, I choose based on like whether I can be an asset to the side that's trying to hire me. So I'm usually, I'm a forensic psychiatrist and that's one of the specialties that I have. And so that I trained like in criminal and civil um, okay. Courts here in in New Orleans. Has anyone ever heard of forensic psychiatry? It's like a TV show. Dustin, mm-hmm. m- move in here. No, never heard I of it. No. Well, now you have. I never heard of it either. Have you, Genevieve? Yes, I. You have. It's on, it's on TV. Yeah. Are you like a TV mm-hmm. doctor? Right. So you don't play mm-hmm. one on TV. You're a real forensic. I'm a real forensic psychiatrist. So what does yeah. forensic psychiatry do? So forensic psychiatry is essentially um, anywhere any commenting on anything related to someone that has a legal situation, whether it's criminal or civil, and has a psychiatric situation. So a good example is figuring out if a trauma caused someone's post-traumatic stress that made them ineligible to work again. For example, one of the um, high-profile cases, the guys on the BP rig that saw their friends and uh, co-workers die, did that cause or exacerbate and how much did it contribute to them not being able to work or what sort of compensation financially should they receive so a forensic psychiatrist would get involved did Tom Benson have the capacity to pass along his businesses okay. when he had some... Did you weigh in on that one? I did not. I was asked by... I didn't feel comfortable weighing in on it. I didn't, had never met him, and I don't like commenting on, on the hypotheticals that right. I don't get to read the cases. It also goes against the um, American Psychiatric Association. So, but you're an actual psychiatrist. You're a doctor. You're an MD. <laughs> I'm an actual, actual psychiatrist, doctor, yeah. And then yeah. you're a real psychiatrist. Yeah. And then, and then you're a, a forensic psychiatrist def- as well. Yeah. 
so, and addiction psychiatry and holistic and integrative medicine. So well, I should we all talk of that about stuff. psychiatry for a minute? Yeah. I don't know. Guys, what do you think? I was interested. Well, Genevieve was curious if I was going to be analyzing everybody here. That's I'm curious about that too because psychiatry used to be psychoanalysis, and you would think yeah. that someone is analyzing you, and then it seemed to shift away from that, and that's now sort of psychology. Right. And psychiatry seems to be mostly about drugs. Is that true, or I mean, is that just a misperception? It's about medication, and it's about being able to stabilize the chemistry through all the means that we have from therapy to lifestyle changes to you know exercise, stress reduction, and medication. Psychologists are much more well-trained in the therapeutic uh, arts and also in psychological testing. So do you do therapy? Would I come to no. you if I'm depressed? No. Yes, you would, if you wanted to come I'm to me. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> asking for a friend. Yeah. If you wanted to come to me in my private practice, it would be because you um, had some sort of thing where you wanted to have some, some chemistry enhancement, like you wanted to feel better. I you do. wanted to <laughs> feel Don't you? great. Guys. Don't, does yeah. everyone want to feel great? Yes. Yeah, so my private practice, Podesta Wellness, is... Okay. Um, we do like cognitive wellness and enhancement. I have psychotherapists there. I've got two wonderful psychotherapists so you do. there. So I would still come to you if yeah. I. I've got another felt doctor. Like I want to talk got therapy. Adolescent. I don't do the talk therapy. What, so you don't miss with that at all. No, you I just do drugs. supportive therapy, medications, nutrition, recommendations for lifestyle changes. Do you think you needed to become a psychiatrist to do that? There wouldn't be a different specialty. That would be like brain chemistry? Yeah, I mean, it, it's psychiatry, neurology, those are the two subspecialties in medicine that are, in fact, you know, working in the brain. Those are the two. Yeah. Have you ever been on antidepressants, Dustin? No. You ever thought about it? No, I have a great therapist, though. You do? I mean, so you awesome. go to actual talk therapy? Yes, which is yeah, so man. valuable. Yeah. I've been like two years into it, and it's amazing. That's what made I've you I've already stop moved it? on from like trivial stuff that happens as a kid. Right. Now I'm moving on to like, I'm curious about ancestral um, anger. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know what wow. I mean? I'm, I'm curious about like stuff. Well, you're blaming your anger on people in past generations. Yeah, it's it's a cool research, you know. Yeah. So I've been putting in the work, so I don't really need the uh, the drugs. So, so. so you're doing that on yourself? This just yeah investigation of ancestral. Well, you know, being on a major label kind of led me to uh, looking at myself and uh, mental health. Yeah. So you got signed you by know. Atlantic way back in the, yeah back in the day there. How long yeah. ago was that? Um, oh four. Like that. That was before the record industry actually. It was right as it was changing. Yeah. You know, um, it was. I was of the generation making records at home in your in your apartment. Right. When you could do it on a computer. You know. So you moved from here to to New York to do. Yeah. Did you move to be a musician? No. We just no. Um, What made you get out of it? I went to Stella Adler Conservatory of Acting. It's a two-year program tied in with NYU. Uh, didn't a, really want to be That's a big actor. deal in itself, actually. I was getting parts. I was living here in New Orleans when you were on the radio. Mm-hmm. I knew Back this guy. What? I didn't know him. He was, like, on the radio. That's but awesome. Just the voice on the radio. Really, uh, he was bringing really great uh, music to New Orleans, uh, new wave music, back in the day when New Orleans was just kind of funky. You yeah. Know, it, it's still... Well, we're kind of cleaned up now, but... New Orleans. The station, was it? The Zephyr. 101. No, 106.1. 106.1, yeah. 106.1 the yeah. Zephyr. Really great. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great station. So, you know, I lived in a country little small town at the time, and you were piping in this music from Depeche Mode to Echo and a Bunny Man, whatever. Yeah, that must you have know? been pretty cool. So you grew really up in, cool. in St. James Parish? St. James Parish, yeah. In what town? Um, Grand Point. It's a tiny... Grand Point. Tariq Tobacco town. It's all we know for is Tariq Tobacco. Wow, hey. After the 27th flood... Um, <laughs> 
this little point farm. It's called Grand Point. <laughs> that is a, a lot of farmers. How many people farm. were living in there when you were a kid? Jeez, when I was a kid, maybe in the back of Grand Point, 500 maybe. 500 people. It was small. So your radio show was important. That was amazing. So that Seriously. was like beaming in, yeah. like from a unbelievable, Unbe- a whole world. But what's even up. more yeah. amazing is that you got out of there and you went to the Stella Adler School of Acting. Yeah, in I mean, you know, you take baby steps, right? Baby we steps. all do, right? Mm-hmm. Little baby. That's a big steps. step. Yeah, I mean, how living did you in New- how did you after college, I came to New Orleans, and um, I always wanted to live in New Orleans. I grew up fifty miles, maybe, away from here, and I always came here for culture and to try to push myself to learn some stuff and uh, so I was here after college and I fell into acting commercials and stuff like that and it's I was funny when money. people say things like that how do you fall into it? Ah oh, man it's, I was uh, doing some modeling I think maybe or okay, something like that and then, modeling. and then they were like did get behind wax? this did you ask? <laughs> 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 no, no how do you just no. become a model? I mean no one's asked me to model anything strangely enough it's just yeah. local. You know what I mean? It's easy to no, do anything how, how in this town. Yeah, Come on. that's true. If you want to do it. What made <laughs> you is. want to be a model? Though? Um, I was asked to do it, right. and, and it became commercials. Okay. So, But I wasn't really an actor, and I wanted... I loved music, but I wasn't a musician at the time. Nobody was where I'm from, yeah. so I had all these things working against me. There weren't cajun musicians in No, Grand it's Point? not like that, man. We were so in, into uh, being... Fats Domino was a big guy there you know we right. were more into New Orleans and I live in Lafayette now we have more Cajun stuff there right. Zydeco right. Um, but no I didn't grow up with that at all um, but anyway acting school um, I faked my way my greatest performance was the um, audition <laughs> I didn't know Getting what I was in. doing yeah I just went there and, and did it they liked me and, did you enjoy acting? Yeah. not really I mean I, I did I did but I never really wanted to be an actor you know because being a singer-songwriter is the opposite yeah. almost. I mean, you're bearing your own soul yeah. every night, whereas acting, you're but someone else. i tell you else. what was cool. It's like Chekhov, like being in a small black box and hearing those plays and all the topics. They, I love that part of it, you know. But as far as being on stage and in the spotlight, not really. And that's my problem now as a musician. <laughs> you don't like being in the spotlight. I don't, I don't really need it, you know. Dr. I, Podesta, what yeah. do you have to say? About? Well, you know, I actually saw him play, what was that, like a year ago? Like a it, was, Christmas it was Christmas thing. last yeah. year, yeah. And so I saw him play and met him um, with some friends at a really nice, it was like a really cozy, nice, like, intimate artist studio. And it was beautiful. And you said that. You said exactly that. And it struck me that you were like this really excellent performer and you didn't enjoy it. Like, you didn't enjoy no, the enjoy being, not, wanna, not the, enjo- yeah. sorry, that you didn't enjoy the limelight. And mm-hmm. a lot of people, I think that's a common, uh, it's a common creative issue, you know? Mm-hmm. My husband's an artist, and he would really love to never talk about his work or, or present himself, yeah. you know? And same with a lot of, of our artist friends and musician friends. And I think mm-hmm. that's common, because the creative soul has a lot of really amazing qualities but um, you know being your own uh, being your own promoter is not one of them for the most part one thing if you're like your husband is a is a, a, a painter, he, a sculptor. He, he's sculptor. The so. bunnies on the. Oh, he does. On, the, yeah. He's the guy who does yeah. the bunnies. Oh, on O.C. Haley. Okay. Here you go. Oh, that's Alex cool. Podesta, yeah. Okay, <laughs> but he's working by himself in a room. Right. And when the work is finished, you put it out. In this in his yeah. case, on the parapet of a building. Right. But in your case, you have to get up and do in it front of in people. front of people. You have to watch you do that every night. Yeah. Or, and yeah. even worse, say, 
around a very small table in a bar in the middle of the afternoon, like now. <laughs> oh, that's you, isn't it? That's not, not that That's hard. not worse? Yeah. Not really. Did, didn't Jeff Tweedy from Wilco have a similar... Yeah. Thing? Have you I play with uh, Nels. You know Nels Klein of that band? Mm-hmm. The guitarist? I play mm-hmm. with Nels. Well, Nels plays with me sometimes. Yeah. Uh, from yeah. from Wilco? Yeah. yeah, but I don't know Tweedy. Though. He's the only one I didn't meet. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he was like that. Yeah. I've so you should like... Sure. Yeah, so well, many people. And, yeah. and I've got to put this out there. A lot, of, a lot of people that are in the creative fields, they also end up with... They really, you know, part of... They, they get an amazing high from performing themselves but perhaps not the the audience but for themselves to be able to perform but then oftentimes they um, struggle with like social anxiety not you per se but just a lot of people in the creative field and I work with a lot of people in my addiction practice that are creative types particularly um, musicians and artists because that is something that is you know overachievers overly creative genius also has the mind and perhaps some of the genetics or ancestral backgrounds that can lead one to struggle with addiction more than more than most you know mm-hmm. it's a, a weird a weird overlap wish we had that excuse right listen dustin you want to play something then i could yeah, yeah come on yes. grab your guitar and then we're going to come back and talk about what you're up to genevieve yeah. what's on these pieces yeah, of paper be, well Notes. I'm a, I'm a preparation. Person. Okay. Have you got stuff prepared to talk about today? I mean, yes nothing or... specific. But if we're if we get oh, to nothing me, specific. Well, I mean, me I can be specific. I thought maybe you did. But Just, okay, Justin, what are you uh, thinking of playing here? Test one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just play a little original. Um, it's 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 kind of like a. I'm always trying to define the sound of my area, where I come from. There, there was never any musicians that wrote music before I came up. So You're uh, it. You're the first musician to ever come from Well, to write point. music. To write music and record. And, right. You know. You're the do, first do the, one. To my knowledge, you know, I don't really... Like, we have this great bonfire tradition crazy. over there. Do you know the bonfires on yes. the river? Yes. You know, I just started writing one song a year for it because... The, the Christmas music is about snow and mountains, and they have this right. beautiful tradition. So, yeah. So nobody's ever like done it. I'm like, what the hell, man? This is almost like a sort of a story in itself, like a like a m- movie or something. Like, no one ever. You come from a town where there's no music. It's like a fairy tale. Well, there's a lot of factories, and there was a lot of farms, and people work hard, like really hard, and um, it was just never taken serious. The arts weren't, right. weren't taken serious. But isn't that a great little story, like a fairy tale, like a Christmas story in itself? Yeah. yeah. Dustin came from a town where there was no music. And, but yeah. so many so many cultural habits, yeah. so many, you know, really interesting, like the bonfires. Yeah. yeah so, so what made yeah. you pick up a guitar? Was it the Smiths or? Probably. So, so the Cure? Dude, I mean, yeah. I mean, I got so many songs I wish I could play for you, like one of those, like a Smith song. Or, you can play anything um, you want. You can play more than one or two yeah, songs today okay. if you want. But anyway, yeah. Smiths, I don't know, the guitar at the time, it was piano first in, in college, and um, of course it was classical, because that's how they taught you piano, and I fell in love with classical. How you classical piano? But I, I originally bought a Depeche Mode sheet music book, and that's why that's I went to my teacher, it. I was like, I want to play the piano. But wow. then I fell in love with Chopin, and then on the side, guitar, you know, because it's portable. and. Well, thank around, God you got so. out of Grand Point. Yeah, you would be a total drug addict right now if you Probably were stuck so. there. Right? I know, it's I'd have massive. a hard time. Yeah, it's pretty massive. Or, do you still have family there? Yeah, 
no, it's a great place, you know, but not for somebody with an imagination and, you know, you know how it is yeah. with education and you learn, have life experiences, it's hard to go back to a uh, Do you go back? Time. You yeah, still go back and visit? Yeah, all yeah. my people are there, yeah. yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Anyway. All right, here's a song. What is it? So this is called Don't Let It Die, and it's a culture, you know, I feel like the Cajuns were one of the last of the indigenous kind of folks, you know, like we have one foot still in the land, the country is adrift, and uh, it's just it's a song about culture culture, and trying to raise an awareness about culture in St. James Parish because we don't even think about it. We don't even know we, we're special. So. song
coração What did you think, Genevieve? Oh, my goodness. What a talent. Arvind, what did you think of that? Amazing. Yeah, it's beguiling, isn't it? It's like it's enchanting. It is. You just sort of you sort of drift away yeah. into that. Yeah. I could have just let you keep on playing that for another it. hour. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah, mesmerizing sure. is a good word mm-hmm. for it. Very well, you did nice. So like, where would we steal that from, Dustin, if we were going to steal that off the internet somewhere? <laughs> well, if you want to steal, you can go to Spotify. Right. <clears throat> um, or you can go to my website. And actually, you, you can go. buy it from you can me buy if you it. wanted to. That's yeah. a novel idea. You want to download it and right. support an artist. You can, actually, <laughs> you can actually buy it somewhere off your website, which yeah, is justinloke.com, which is spelled D-U-S-T-A-N. It's actually Luke, L-O-U-Q-E, Luke. Yeah, this is like L-U-K. So you pronounce it Luke? L-O-U-Q-U-E. Luke, okay. And that's French. Yeah. Like Genevieve? Genevieve. John, mm-hmm. how do you say Jean-Pierre. Jean-Pierre. And are you from a French family originally? I'm not. Somewhere? No, no, I really wish I had a great story yeah. about my name. I don't <laughs> at Your all. Your parents just picked Genevieve out of a Out of a book. Hat? Out of a book. Yeah, I really should make up a story. I've been saying that for years. You could. <laughs> yeah. nowadays. Well, we could do yeah. it now. Yeah. Dustin, I mean, totally. Nowadays, you can say whatever you want. I know. And make it up. I, and that's people believe people, everything. Well, yeah, they, they wouldn't know. know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> what they know. started off with you were born in a town where there was no music. No, I was born here in New Orleans. Oh, so, well, that's yeah. not going to work <laughs> so, at all. Yeah, lots of music. Yeah. But I was born, my parents aren't from here. I was born and raised here, but my family is not. Where they moved from? So they're both military brats that were from mm. all around the country, but mostly like the New England states. Oh, that like, says something about them, Atlantic. that they would move to New Orleans. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Of my dad places. came here. Um, my, my grandfather was an admiral in the Navy, and he was stationed here. An admiral? When my wow. dad was like 17. Mm-hmm. And so and so that was his first introduction into New Orleans, and they lived on on the West Bank. Um, and so he decided to go to UNO and get his grades up so he could transfer back to Maryland because he couldn't get in. And then he, but he had fallen in love with New Orleans so he wanted to come back so he came for Tulane Law and brought my mom down for Tulane Law and then I was born here right after he graduated and took the bar. He, so then he, I was born and raised he here and my family is not. Has he been a lawyer in New Orleans all these years? Yeah, so he's what's fell in his, love with it. He's stuck name? here. We must have heard of him, I bet. Uh, James Guest. I don't know, a guest law firm in Kenner, Louisiana, right by the airport and Esplanade Mall. Is that right? Yeah, nice plug for Dad's firm. Did you grow up in Kenner as Um, well? No, I grew up half part uptown and part Metairie. Which part? um, When I was first born, um, we lived on Upper Line right by F&M and Grits. Good spot. Which was really, (laughs) which is now like an amazing hip area. It has like the coolest coffee shop in town. Right, that wasn't such a great part of town back then. It was not, no. And I played in the park, like right across the street with like all the drug deals. Um, Cherry Cherry. is now, yeah, yeah, but my whole life that was an abandoned fire station. Yeah, right. Um, So for me, it's amazing to see it revitalized, even though it's Mm. not, you know, that's a really weird part of town to have lived in back then, actually. Yeah, yeah. My dad like dug a pool with his hands, literally wow. in the backyard. Wow. So yeah, so he owned two like doubles and like rented right. out the other sides. So um, that was, and then we moved to Metairie when he had his practice in Kenner, and then I moved back uptown in high school. So you moved. So well, no. And then I'm still uptown. Your parents moved back in, in town. Right. Uptown right. Right. In high school. Yeah. We. Right. Okay. Parents. And you're still we. uptown. Yes. And well, so what, what, yeah, I moved away so and then the, moved back in 2010. That's, I, know, I know where you know where I know you from, actually, although I don't really know you, but you had a place yes. on Magazine Street 
Uh-huh. A store. Yes. That's how I this did. whole thing happened. Now called Kindred. Uh-huh. And Kindred Zuka Studios. Baby. And Zuka Baby was in the front. Mm-hmm. Okay. They were yes. the retail part right. in the front. Okay. Yeah. And now they're only in their shop in Metairie okay. off of um, Severn. And what was this like a health club for kids? Yeah. It was, I called it a lifestyle studio for parents and babies, but it basically um, was fitness and wellness for parents and babies. We had... Um, fitness classes like yoga spin ballet and bar classes um and like play like we had a little playroom for kids story time for kids and like um wellness support for like breastfeeding and postpartum moms that's in the shopping in the front it was really awesome it was like beautiful and modern yeah did someone did that Um, is it not there anymore it's not there anymore Um, did someone take it over because that's the best concept thank you I would love to license it in different markets Um, this market I don't think is robust enough to support it I can Um, see that so that was a problem Um, what what was missing not enough um, women with kids or women I mean, there were a lot of factors for sure Um, but I mean it's just a smaller market with um, uh, like less people that with just like discretionary income to spend on right. that kind of thing and, and so not, was, um, not working full time and yeah. being able to yeah, yeah being able to come in and, and we were and trying to cater to all different types of for times parents, mm-hmm. but I mean but yeah. do you make it's, it's, too, it's too expensive for people or because um, people spend yeah. a lot of money uptown on, and all sorts of crap like yeah I know that's, that's what I was thinking yoga. Yoga. Yeah. 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 yeah right so I mean why wouldn't they yeah wouldn't? it was very niche I mean it had to be a very specific <laughs> demographic don't worry about Asher gotcha. you okay gotcha. don't worry, man. did you just almost the, pass out the drinks out? did not spill I know that was are you okay <laughs> yeah fine did you almost pass out yes I did do you oh, want to wow. do you want to hand that to luckily luckily I went as a doctor Deep breath. I've, I've done the same thing. I collapsed on the street jogging in the same oh, no. way. I ended, up, I ended up in the hospital. Oh, my gosh. So you might have the same thing. Uh, well, now my blood pressure's back up. You okay? So, yeah. Oh, yeah, my of, God. Oh my Actually, that didn't look too good. Well, maybe we can, you can switch out with somebody and take a seat. Do you want to take a break for yeah, a minute? Yeah, let's, let's have you switch out. Yeah, yeah. Wow, um, that could have been a very dramatic. Very scary. Maybe yeah. it was talking oh, yeah. about Zuka Baby and oh, yeah, the, the children. Yeah, he was like, "Oh God, it. no! I don't want to be a parent." Yeah. And he, like, <laughs> He's freaking out about. <laughs> I was about to pass out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so no, it really. My background's PR and marketing, right. and I had my own practice for a while, and so it was just really like my entrepreneurial right. spirit that I had a was my first child, like a and good I was idea. like, "Oh my gosh, we should have Everyone this! I want to do this." this. Yeah, yeah. Well, now yeah. that so building is the stupidest idea of all time. Oh, the blow dry bar. Yeah, you can go and get your hair blow dried. Oh, I go. I'm a client. Do you but do look that? at my hair. Okay. I mean, it's crazy. So, what is the fucking story <laughs> with that? Oh my god! Wait, wait, the owner. No, wait, wait. So it's something awesome. What is it? Oh, See, he wouldn't know. Bald mm. Dustin over here. Okay. Women would have Explain, really explain the concept behind this business, too. Um, you have a good head of hair. You should try it out. I would um, like to know what the point of it is, though. <laughs> well, you go and you get your hair washed and dried and styled. That's so, for it. me, it takes I me, wash. like, a good hour and a half to wash and dry and style my hair on my own. Oh, I could teach you to do and that within I, five I don't minutes. I do it very well. And so, um, so to have somebody else do it for a special occasion. Come on. It takes you 90 minutes to wash your hair and blow dry. Wow. And dry it and style it. Yes. And style it. Yes. I'm not familiar with the concept. What do you mean style it? Like, with like a brush curl it? And, like oh, with okay. a curling iron? And so that's what they do over there at this blow dry. And the yes. funny thing about this joint, have you ever I've looked been, at this? I've, under, I've known people that have owned them in other markets. Okay. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah been successful they have very yeah, successful and because there's a market for it especially like in los angeles where right. people need to be on air and like you're yeah. trying to you know you're trying to like get ready and you need someone else to help you do that so you can do three things at once which well, is, i would have thought your concept was way better oh, than that i agree well, i totally agree with that and not only that but there's two of these stupid places 
within about three <laughs> blocks of each other now. No, the, oh, well, they're not the There's same a, owner. She no, has one in Old Memory and then one on Magazine Street. There's two of these things on but, Magazine Street, one in that block where yours was, mm-hmm. and then about three blocks away past Jefferson Avenue. Yeah, but that's a There's different brand. One. Yeah. It's the same concept, but, And that's a national brand. So hers is actually local, so it's like okay. a local woman-owned business. So well, okay, I like so we should her. support What is it called? You should support it. Blue, a blow dry bar. Is it B-L-E-W? A 5220 but you and can you have a roaring business when you out. get your hair blow dried for forty. Yeah. Okay, that is screwed up, isn't it? Really. I'm with you. I know. Well, that it caters to lots, uh, lots more people. Okay, you're a business person. Uh, yeah, I know. Okay, well, so mine can was you very niche. That? Like her is like she does teens, she does moms, she does older people. You know, like it's like it runs the gamut of females. So and they okay. do parties and that kind of thing. So I, I mean, I believe in her business. I wanted to open up one at the airport. I think we need one at every airport. The in blow dry. So I would just go really early for my flight and get. My my hair done and that, then like yeah. go. I, or on a layover yeah. you get a you get a bright because you're going somewhere you're like layover. vacation um, or yeah, some fantastic really thing good. and you need to look good I definitely I've gotten like I've gotten Please, someone I've manicures or pedicures at the airport when I've had when I've gotten stuck at a layover or something and it's it's the only time I have to do that sort of stuff so you don't yeah. schedule time to go get a I manicure I don't have a monthly waxing let's have a look at your nails <laughs> my nails are fine I do them myself they work totally fine they're totally fine who yeah. does your nails Minor shipping don't lie. um I go, to, table, I go to Painted Nail painted. Salon, which okay, is also so local and female figured out. you got a blow-dry place, um, a nail salon. Oh, I do. I have yeah. waxing I'm, I'm all about every the maintenance. Yeah. yeah, okay. And I'm, I guess so I'm high maintenance, I guess. I don't know. All about the maintenance. Um, just maintenance. Just maintenance. Well, it's self-maintenance. So, and so then it's I go to Amy's, too, on Jefferson. Amy's. Top, okay. We which is like the little Korean for these. But nice. you're paying for the, your own maintenance. Yes. I mean, this is all yes, on your so time and your dime. So you're on, you know. Yeah. I know it's hard. I have to like squeeze it in, squeeze out the dollars. It's, so, it's a lot to manage. So what do you do? So you work at this company called Tripwise. Yes, well, but we I'm a project manager. Blake was on here from Tripwise. Yeah, Blake is our ago. director of growth. He He's was amazing. Super cool guy. Yeah, turned really out great. that his cousin went to the prom with Obama's daughter. Right. That's one of the best stories we've ever heard. I know. Yeah. He's super can you, Ivy League. Can you match that one? Oh, I cannot. No, that's pretty hard no. to top that story. I can't so what do you do story. over there at Tripwise? Yeah, I'm their marketing director, and I've been there for a little over six months. Um, but a ah. really fun story. I was actually a client prior ah. to working for them with Kindred Studios, with my studio. So they are a consulting firm that well, caters to... So they're responsible for it going under? <laughs> no. So, yeah, I know. <laughs> Why I know. couldn't they keep no. it alive if they're supposed so to be consulting? That was not them. That was a lack of capital. That was definitely not them. Oh, okay. <laughs> they, were, they were helping us work together on a partnership like arrangement with Zika Baby. Um, so that was kind of separate and apart from how we were actually making revenue or lack thereof. Um, so no, they're an amazing entrepreneurial consulting firm that um, works with like for-profit, nonprofit, public sector organizations to help them sustain and grow. So it's they, really interesting, isn't it? How yeah. that now, if you it used to be like you started a business. I don't know how anyone yeah. ever started a business, but then one day it became Walmart or Apple or right. Microsoft. I know because they had amazing teams. But none of those capital. people had. 
entrepreneurial advice or incubators or yeah, right. yeah, we're in a propeller like what we have right. in, we have right. here and things like that. Propeller. Yeah, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you were in propeller. I was. That's right. Oh, you were. Business, you were. That's a psych- amazing. Psychiatrist. Why would a psychiatrist want to go to well, a business school? Well, I was. Um, so it was in the second year of propeller, and um, when it was called Sino Social Entrepreneurship New Orleans, and it was basically trying to provide more services for people who weren't able to access those services and trying to create a new service model of psychiatry, holistic and integrative medicine, and um, and functional medicine. This is your which, idea? Yeah. This is your business? That's right. And so um, it's basically like a triad of types of care that includes a lot more than just uh, most psychiatrists tend to just provide like psychiatric care. There's a handful of people here in New Orleans that provide psychiatrists plus um, plus a therapist in their office. But for the most part, um, it's a siloed profession. And so, but so many people need it and so many people need advice and therapeutic assistance and cognitive enhancement and all of the things. And so, but you need the whole team to do it. So I was providing a team approach. And so we basically, Propeller helped me um, put together a business model and a business plan and uh, be able to, and also since I specialize in addiction too, that's an underserved and a stigmatized population and so I was trying to move forward which we have very well to change the model so this has worked so now you have this clinic so now I have a clinic similar it's it's a little bit different because unfortunately our primary care nurse practitioner didn't end up coming with us and so she was with me with the model so now I kind of outsource and work collaboratively with primary care doctors of my choice. This sounds like a great idea that you could go to a doctor's clinic and be able to get all the stuff, other things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Rather than have to figure it all out for yourself. Right, and that's what happens and so oftentimes, especially with psychiatry, you just go to you know, you go to the psychiatrist's office you don't go to your functional medicine or your primary care doctor and then get referred to a psychiatrist. There's a handful actually I'm really proud of um, St. Thomas Clinic that has psychiatry and primary care and it's offered for Medicaid Medicaid patients and you know so they have a a whole set but they don't offer the therapeutic interventions that I'm talking about in at the moment they're looking at it and Odyssey House Clinic specifically um, related to Odyssey House the addiction and I was medical director there for 10 years and so they offer a lot of the a lot of the um, integrative strategies but not all of them I'm also medical director at an outpatient intensive outpatient addiction program and we offer all of that I don't have time to get your nails done I don't have time to get my nails done yeah yeah. that's a lot you've got a lot going on yeah so I you know get my nails done in the airport but this is a great idea. But you don't have a primary care physician, so I can't start going to you by going to a primary care physician. I still have to be referred to you. No, or no I mean, well, figure it out yeah, myself. exactly. And that, that's uh, so that is do the you downfall. Do? You do acupuncture there as well. We or? have two acupuncturists that are in the same building. We're we're business partners, but we're not. They're not employees, or we're, right. we're partners. But they're integrated as yeah. we're into your yeah. practice, so I can that's go right. from the. Right. We've got massage, nutrition, um, uh, psychotherapy, psychiatry, and acupuncture in the building. And then... Where is all this? This is all in Mid-City. 252-0026. So, yeah, it's a great (laughs) little... That's really cool. Yeah. And you started out as a massage therapist, is that right? I did. That was my pre-medical school life. Yeah. 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 So I did massage therapy. My father's actually a massage therapist and trained in the early days, like in the 60s. You come from a massage therapy family. Yeah, yeah. How about that? I've never heard that sentence. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, right? yeah. 
Um, he was just here. He came to hot yoga with me the other day. And, and, uh, is he still a massage therapist? He does. He does trigger work. Um, yeah, he's in Virginia. Where's in Virginia? Mm-hmm. So yeah. he's a lifetime massage therapist. Yeah. And you went into the same business. I did. Dad's yeah. Business. It's a healing. It's a healing but isn't art. Going from that's as physical as it gets, touching people. Yeah. Right. And then yeah, you totally gave, and you moved completely into psychiatry, which is yeah. The I had a little blip where I, you know, when I was a massage therapist, I was working full time and really enjoying it. Decided that I should probably go to school and and for um, I was trained as a massage therapist, but I should probably do my undergraduate training. So I eventually got around to that. And um, finished in the really riveting field in a riveting time in the Bay Area in genetics and biochemistry, and so just got really deeply entrenched in the the world there. And, and I worked in some fantastic labs and had like a, 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 you know worked on the Human Genome Project, and Did you? it was amazing. Oh, and so, so cool. I have a name. I have a gene named. My name is Arwen. The gene is AR one. It's a A R one. Uh huh. Yeah. There's an actual human gene on the cool? human genome cool? named yeah. after yeah. you. Damn. That yeah. is about as cool as it gets. Yeah. Yeah. What so gene is it for? It's an interleukin antagonist receptor. I'll have to write this yeah. down. Just, oh. Yeah. Interleukin. <laughs> you know. Is you that know. something to do with cancer? So it ha- no, it has to do with the immune system. An- interleukin antagonist. Yeah. It was very boring. What really, was the next it, word? Receptor. Receptor. Yeah. So A antagonist receptor R. Dash one, one is supposed to be the one from interleukin one, so it's the antagonist of the interleukin one receptor. What is it? Wasn't interleukin at some point supposed to be the magic silver bullet that was going to cure cancer or something? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, interleukins really, it's basically if you can suppress your immune system, you can suppress cancers, right? So if you can suppress your immune system that is is related to cancer, then you can. So it was a direct goal to stop cancers right. and stop certain diseases but it, this one didn't pan out for anything of importance but it was still cool so you're like a superstar <laughs> yes, <laughs> in, the, in the medical thanks, world thanks yeah. what are you nice. doing in new orleans why aren't I you living new in new orleans just no way of... man no i mean i moved here after um after medical school i moved here to go to lsu loved my the lsu professors that i got involved with and then katrina happened and that just like solidifies you know either you leave or you or you're stuck yeah and i was at charity hospital i didn't stay at charity i did not i was not the doctor at charity but i was up in central louisiana receiving the patients that left charity after Mm -hmm. katrina and um it was a remarkable traumatic but um, growth and inspiring time and well, what's your secret for looking so young after you've been oh, through all this stress thank you um, what is it I, really is it genetics or massage or I think it's the lifestyle drugs? it's the work life balance work life balance and, and I take a lot of supplements and I take care of myself and, and I make sure that I have you know an enjoyable life do you life prescribe drugs for yourself I, Are you that, on is Ill, that is unethical to prescribe to is yourself. That right? Yeah, yeah. So I have prescribed antibiotics to myself you want to when I prescribe them for me, and then I can <laughs> give you some back. Bring her yeah. What have you got on you? Actually, got nothing. Nothing. Nothing, man. You don't travel around with no. Drugs? I don't. I don't. No, okay. not at all. Justin, what made you decide to leave here and move to to Lafayette? Yeah. Um. Jeez. Well, the price of the, the houses well, there is there. that. Totally. Um, I had a house on St. Rock. was my second house. I like to fix up houses. And uh, I had a house back there. went through a, a split up. I could have kept the house, but just, it was too big. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, the creative community, you know, coming out of, I was in Williamsburg, Brooklyn back in the day. So I'm kind of used to being a gentrified, gentrifying <laughs> right. neighborhood where artists, where artists are living. And there's like a little 
creative pocket, I live for those mm-hmm. those things, you know. And um, I didn't feel it like it was the, a lot of artists were moving away and were, out were getting priced out by you, around by uh, uh, you know Bywater, Saint Rock, all that. So area. the artists were moving and out the, of there and being gentrified out. Yeah. But isn't that what happened in Williamsburg? Same exact. Oh, definitely. I mean, at a much faster rate. You know. and, but weren't I mean they were caught, they were five years ago calling the Bywater the Williamsburg of New Orleans. Yeah. You know, it totally is. Maybe you're the. the Everyone's, I know exactly everyone's following you. Yeah. No, oh, no, no. I thought you were blaming me for gentrification. <laughs> oh, goodness. No. My sister just got married in Williamsburg last oh, weekend. Really? So I just came from there. Nice. Man, it's a different neighborhood now over there. Well, it used to be all mostly Hasidic Jews back in the day. Still mostly. It still yeah. is. My well, landlords I mean, were Hasidic Jews. Is your sister married like, like a Hasidic Jew? Yeah, it's just a South Williamsburg. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but it was a dump back in the day. Williamsburg. Yeah. Yeah, just like old warehouses. Like nobody wanted much. to go over there. No waterfront yeah. property. Right. That's all new stuff. You know? Wow. But, but you got, uh, so you got out of there. So I got out of here because, um, yeah, the prices were crazy. And I was not paying. It's the wrong time to buy, you know, for, especially being an artist. Mm-hmm. You don't want to buy at the top of the market in Lafayette. Um, my girlfriend lives there, and I, we were going back and forth checking it out, and I started to like it. Prices were good, and I travel a lot with music, so I didn't wanted my overhead to be low. So, how do you keep and a relationship together while you're traveling? Well, she plays with me. Oh, that's Margaret, oh, as your girlfriend, great. Margaret yeah. Bear. Oh, yeah. I see. Okay. Yeah, man. She. Uh, that's she's, a good idea. She's a classical <laughs> that works, pianist. Right? She's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. When I um, was newly single, I didn't want to look at another lady. I didn't want to even do it. I didn't. Right. I didn't want a relationship, <laughs> but. It, uh, we just developed a good friendship. So you and, um, met professionally as a musician? No, at Rebecca's studio. That's she used to have a studio here, yeah. like a Friday afternoon salon, where Margaret would play classical piano, and we'd drink wine, and everybody would meet, like a small group a of people. A little social. Okay. So I met her like that. You got, so you two guys, Alan, you and Justin, met, knew each other from we, that? Just from that, from a year ago, yeah. Because Genevieve and I were never invited to that, strangely. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe now you will. Not. Well, yeah. it's kind of the cool kid club. Yeah. yeah. Was <laughs> <a cool> <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's, but that's how you met. So you fell in yeah. love with the piano player at the uh, salon. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And she had no idea she can play non-classical music on the keyboard. She could play guitar and stuff and other kinds of yeah. styles. She's incredibly but. talented. That's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, so we seduced her away from playing classical music. No, I mean, she still plays classical. No. But I love classical, too. Is she on the road with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Most of the time. Like yeah, yeah that's, that's how we can keep it together, romantic. you know. It's pretty yeah. cool. Awesome. Yeah. That's very cool. So you have this Westphalia van. Do you still have yeah. this thing that's in those videos of yours? So that's all part, like, I'm going to condense this down. So you, you signed to a major label. You think that you made it, all right? You know, I, I made decent money. You got songs in film and stuff, but... The lab, I mean, the industry was like tanking, like right, as right. we know it, you know. Yeah. So I moved back to New Orleans and moved into the neighborhood, wanted a creative community. And that's what I was doing, restoring a house, making a record. And, um, but I didn't know how to, to get back in to being a musician or what the business was like because I had already had the major deal. So you turned your you back know? on the major I did. I didn't know how I fit into it because I felt like a, an idiot being marketed. I'd, I hated it. It was terrible. What were they marketing you as? Everything was like New Orleans, Cajun, Williamsburg, <laughs> hipster. You know, it was all the. So you were being marketed as a sort of a hipster singer songwriter from from Grand Point, Louisiana. So yeah. avant garde, 
country. Like, not country, but, yeah, but guy from the country. Bayou. Yeah, <laughs> Bayou. Bayou. yeah, it was uh-huh. so cliche, man. It tell is. us, tell yeah. us how that worked. Did you have meetings where they would discuss this with you? Dude, I would go up to the 27th floor and fight for my life of the Atlantic Records building. I would get up there, and the problem was, from the guy at the front desk to everybody, the guy you're going to meet, everybody's like, <laughs> looking at you like that. Yeah, great. Yeah. Well, you're the star. Yeah, they're yeah. looking at you like you're going to be some, you know, like right. they're not looking at you like a person, you know. Right. So. That was hard. Man. Well, they're dependent on you because you're the person who's going to make them all a lot of money. Yeah. Well, they had a bunch of other ones making them money. Yeah, but they need, they need them all. <laughs> so, But were these meetings where they would sit down and would they talk to you about this is what we're going to do, we're going to sell yeah. you oh, as They would have ABC. posters already made and they would have them on the wall presenting them to me. And Most I would people just would like, love that. Yeah. What do you think? That's the ego sort of thing. You think you want that. Right. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm not going to, you know, when I moved from the country to New York, like if you told me I could have been a star or something yeah. when I was younger, yeah. But when you actually handed it and you see what you have to give up, it's, it's especially okay. if you're an artist. I'm not, if you're a, not, an artist, I'm not a psychiatrist here. Right, but, that's, you know, but what? that's what I was talking about. Like the, you know, the creative mind, the person that has that, like you want, you want to be able to be creative and not like be told what to do and not be told how you're supposed to present mm-hmm. yourself. You know, I, like, yeah, I don't understand how marketers are, we'll talk to Genevieve about this, but how marketers are able to, to just tell you as an artist like what you're gonna do. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously they know what the niche is and what the where they're gonna make the money. Yeah. But then it like sucks your soul. Yeah. Yeah. That's and not you fair. know you want to be able to go to a cafe. You want to be able to as an as a writer you want to be able to be in society. Mm-hmm. Well, I think fame you know is I mean? yeah, one yeah. of the worst things that could happen to anybody. It's the worst. You, yeah. Yeah. I was you're so a, you're scared. In prison. Yeah. I never knew it was coming. But right. maybe you could tell me about. It. I didn't know it was coming. But I was like so afraid to lose my privacy mm-hmm. sure. so you're smart enough to have got out of that before it all went wrong yeah you know and the money wasn't that great at that time you know yeah. it was a small deal um, but the van so yes mm-hmm. seven years of not playing I'm living in New Orleans and I and it was either so you quit the music business well I kept making records and was selling songs to film so that it was a good way good okay. way to make, sell a few a year right. you can make good money but I was either stop after seven years, stop making records or share the shit. Like, get out there and get over the privacy thing, get over the introvert thing. Therapy helped me out a lot. It helped me to, to let certain stupid things go. Right. And I had people emailing me for years from my first record that I released on Atlantic, and it's just, it won't stop getting out there. And uh, beautiful messages, and that gave me the courage to start really small as a small business. You know, not superstar crap, like sustainable business, a lot like Propeller and yeah. these smaller companies. And I took that along with all the social media stuff that was coming out and said, I can build a small business and I can control this damn thing. I'm not giving it up this time. You know, so you started so that's, again that's doing just what it the your van own way. Is. The van allows right. me to travel cheaply, connect with different communities. Um, and now we do small, beautiful shows all over the cross, you know, all the Across the country, so. are you doing? Are you doing like people's like living room shows living too? Living rooms, you like that? barns. Yeah, like wow. it's awesome. really cool spaces, abandoned cool. buildings. Yeah. And you're making a living. I feel like that's yeah. a trend right now. It's yeah, like it's it's happening. Rage. Yeah. yeah, concerts. Yeah. It's happening. My uncle yeah. flew somebody in for one. Yeah, I do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, what about what about playing another song? Sure. Yeah, good segue. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
And then I wanted to talk about opioid addiction. Oh, yeah. Because we have a world expert in opioid addiction right here who wrote the book on it. Yeah. So it would be good to know something about that before we get out of here, don't you think? Yeah. As I'm sitting here, I'm realizing we're all entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. Isn't that great? Yeah. 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 That's really cool. In our own right. That's a sort of a post-Brooklyn word as well, isn't it? Didn't we, I mean, did we ever have entrepreneurs 10 years ago? I mean, technically, yes. Yes, but... Um, the word probably... But I think, yeah, I think the, the catchphrase social entrepreneur, maybe not so much. Right. Yeah. It seems like we've invented this whole sort of... People used to go into business, I was saying before, but now, but now, we have, now we're entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Now it's much more... Yeah, right. It sounds much more... Um, business used to be a dirty word back right. when your dad yeah. was a massage therapist yeah. and mm-hmm. your dad was an admiral. My grandfather was right. an admiral yeah. in the military. Mm-hmm. But you know my father mean? opened his own law practice. So he, right. I mean, he's a lawyer, but he's also an entrepreneur. He's right. a solopreneur. Right. It's his yeah. own practice. Oh, he has so. his own standalone woman yeah, practice in Canada. Mm-hmm. That's interesting, too. Mm-hmm. That must be hard so like to Like over 30 years. Over, mm-hmm. 30 years. He's probably like in his best year of practice this year. Wow. He must yeah. be pretty good. <laughs> so you have to do all kinds of law, I guess, if you're that. You can't specialize. He, no, he, no, he specializes just in like general practice. Specializes like. in general practice. That sounds <laughs> well, like a bit of a... sorry. Okay. <laughs> Auto accidents and personal injury. There you Accident. go. That's ah. his specialty. Personal yes. injury. Yeah. So mm-hmm. one call, that's all type. Very much so. Does he have a slogan? Glorified like, ambulance chaser. Put the Douglas... Oh, what's his... He wants a slogan so badly. Let's come up with one. So his last name what? is Guest. Guest, like, that's like, right. Like, be our guest. guest. So be we've had guest. lots, like... We've had lots of slogans. <laughs> well, all these other guys have these catchphrases that they work by repetition, basically. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter which. Go with guests. Guest. And forget hey, the rest. That's a good See, one, Thomas. That's Thomas, a good one. Thomas did it. Yes. Go with guests and forget the rest. 2018. Yeah. We'll have to give him royalty. <laughs> okay. All right, Dustin, what do you have for us? Dustin, what do you have So, living in the Biowater, Lou Reed died on 1027, 13. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my second gentrifying neighborhood I'm living in. I'm just like, kind of getting over it, you know. Everybody's so damn cool. But that day I was walking around with my earbuds in, listening to Velvet Underground. Everybody for, for that one day was was kind of cool. So this this is a song like hopping in bars and like people watching. So different characters uh, around town. So. What's in the bar? Miss 15 minutes. What's in the bar? Her face is on the cover. What's into the bar? A princess in the papa at the bar. I'm down with all these What's in the bar I'm saving all my love for y'all What's in the bar We don't want to bother 
but sit at the bar with another lover. What's in the bar? Champagne, the moon, moon in the star. Wanna be secret till the end of the world. He was a ten. She was a ten. Ten, twenty-seven, thirty. Twenty-seven, thirteen. Okay, so now we've got a bit of a pattern going on here. Yeah. We've got ten, twenty-seven, thirteen, which was the day that Lou Reed died. Three, and then we have AR one, yeah. which is the the interleukin antagonist receptor. <laughs> right, and we is, don't have a number for me. We need to come up with a number for you. Oh, what's what's come up with a number for you? What will it be? I don't know. What's my your, birthday. What is your birthday? Twelve six eighty two. Twelve six eighty two. 12 and 6 is 18. We're born in the same week. We were? Yeah, you and me on 1130 82. Oh, wow. Coming. That's working out. Right around the corner. Yeah. Sagittarius's unite. Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. What is that? What sign is that? What is that symbol? (laughs) The Sagittarius is the Sagittarius sign. What is it? The man with the (laughs) the horse body. Oh, that's what it is. The the symbol board is actually the arrow. Oh. It's it's it is Okay, so listen, look at what in my hand yes. I have a book called Hooked, yes. which was by Dr. Arwen Podesta, which is a concise guide to the underlying mechanics of addiction and treatment for patients, families, and providers, which is the, probably the hottest topic in the country. Yes, there's it is. Opioid addiction. Drugs I, used to be a lot of fun, and now drugs yeah. just kill people. Yeah, there's a lot of problems with that. You've heard about it, I'm sure. It's all over the news. I well, mean, what? it's really insane what we're seeing. And I, I'm a medical director at a place that is doing great outpatient work, and it's called ACER, Addiction Counseling Education uh, Resources. ACER. And we specialize with... Uh, yeah. We specialize with all sorts of addiction, um, but we're seeing more and more opioids. And we're even, we've taken on a new specialty in the past five years where we're working with pregnant women with addiction because that's oh. another area. I know, right? Like, these women don't get to go to Zuka Baby and to Kindred, you know? They don't, they're just barely be able to maintain their own life and lifestyle. And unfortunately, they're hooked on mostly opioids at this point. And yeah, it is. And so we're just, we're, you know, we're trying to change the generations, like, and we have really that, good success. Is it true that more people are dying in New Orleans from opioid addiction than from homicide? Man, Jeff Rouse, Dr. Rouse gave us that, that soundbite two years ago, and it has stuck. But is it, it is true. true. It's true. It is true. Okay, and part of that is because we have decrease of the other of homicides, which is great. But part of that is the increase of opioids. And part of, and part of the problem is not just opioid pain pills it's the shit that they're putting in them that includes the fentanyl and carfentanyl and who's you putting know, in them i thought um, you got the this dealers. From the no no we a lot of the a lot of the pain pills that are out there on the street are actually pressed in china and and sent really? and, 
Yeah, I see. So and there's so, quite unquote opioids. These aren't the pills that so I get. They are, there are, but you know, you can look in your neighbor's, you know, uh, you can look in your neighbor's uh, medicine cabinet, and they probably have some Vicodin and Percocet that you might want to just put your hand in the cabinet and borrow for a minute. But that's I where have, a lot of I people get some. hooked. Yeah, mm, a lot mm, of people start there, but then the street it. drugs. We used to have a lot of street drugs available. It's drying up because of the restrictions that the DEA has put, which I think is a very valuable thing. So we have less. I can't prescribe nearly as much as I could have. I never prescribed opioids, but I Hang could on, have. Just wait up for one uh, second. Yeah. I thought the so whole problem was overprescribing. Overprescribed. Yes, from 1991 until about five years ago, the overprescribing was rampant and crazy, and that's okay. where the majority of them came from. Um, and then we've pulled back on that. People are doing, you know, we've got a drug take-back day where people are depositing their old medications so that they're not getting into the hands of people on the street or of people that are searching through their mom's medicine cabinet. Drug take-back day. Yeah. You can drop them off at Walgreens. Like, they have a, they have a, a, a like, a, almost like a, a, a mailbox type of thing that's a secure mailbox for, um, right. for putting the drugs in putting old medications, unused medications, not just opioids, but, you know, antibiotics, other things that maybe you didn't follow through and take. Anyway, so to be try and wrap it up quickly, the problem stemmed from that. But we've all, I mean, we've had, before we had prescription pain pills, you know, we've had other peaks and falls of opioid crisis. It's just what we're doing right now people with addiction. People saying the same thing, though, that these opioids are 50 times stronger than they are. heroin. Yes, yeah. so the carfentanil and fentanyl is 50 to 1,000 times stronger than heroin, which is why when you get a hot shot, when you get a little, when you get one grain of fentanyl in your pill or in your heroin, you're dead. So it's, that's where the problem lies. When you get... Genevieve, I told you to quit doing it. I know someone that passed away from bad heroin. Yeah. You do. Yeah. Bad heroin. And it's yeah. in. It's not just in the heroin. I'm sorry to hear that. That's school. awful. No, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, that's... Nice. We, yeah. we all know somebody that... Why is, some, why is somebody putting this in heroin? One so brain. it also causes um, addiction much quicker, right? So you can... If you're a cartel person that's looking at money... Yeah. And you lose mm. a couple of patients, a couple of not patients, a couple of you know of buyers. Not a big deal because you're turning on uh, so many more that are getting hooked like quicker. Mm. So these and kids who are coming up today, you you wouldn't really want to start doing drugs. God no, I know at all. No, it's scary. It's scary out there. What a thing to have to trade How great drugs that, for Snapchat, yeah. right? <laughs> that sucks, doesn't it? Right. You yeah. Know? You have to. That's it. We got to get out of here. But that that really is crazy. So yeah. So you wrote the book. Yes. Called Hooked. I, and wrote a book I guess the Hooked. point of reading the book is to learn how to get off of this. Yeah, I mean, stuff. it's also how to support people that are in your life that have addiction, or if you're a new nurse or doctor in the field of addiction or a new counselor, it really just gives I give a biological background and and then kind of demystify you know what the hell is this addiction treatment because if you go online and you look up addiction treatment it up until recently when um google just and facebook just stopped being stopped doing un um unchecked uh treatment centers it's basically like you know whoever has the most money whoever has the most marketing whether it's a valid and an evidence-based treatment center or not it was kind of a hedge fund model and so I would try and demystify that in this book as well. And how can people get this book? It's on Amazon. It's mm-hmm. called Hooked, but not Hooked on Phonics. Hooked. 
Perfect. Okay. Arwen Podesta. <laughs> and Arwen is spelled A-R-W-E-N. And we have a link to it on our website as well. Super. And, look, and we can keep the happy hour going. People can come out tonight to Eiffel Society okay. ah, to support the Arts Council New Orleans and Louisiana Philharmonic Orchestra uh, nice. with happy hour prices all night long, and they go to the organization. And this is the Eiffel Tower you're talking about. Well, the Eiffel Society at the corner of Josephine and St. Charles Ave. Right. Which is tonight, that's 6 to 8. The, that's the original so that's Eiffel The Eiffel Tower. Yes. Thing. Yeah. 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 That. Okay, so you have to be listening, looking at this mm-hmm. on Facebook Live to get this because most people listen to this as a podcast. Right. Some yeah. days, weeks, months, or well, even years okay. later. That's okay. Okay, but Wednesday, if they do, October 24th. Yeah, but if they do, <laughs> they can either go to Tripwise and find out more yes. about it. Yes, yeah, on our Facebook page. And you as well. Mm-hmm. Hey, before we get out of here, let me just tell you, thank you to Basic Swim and Gym, where you can get a full range of fashion swimsuits, workout, and yoga clothes with style. I they're, love Basics. You love Basics. I shop there. Do you, you do? Mm-hmm. They're on, yeah. uh, they're on I Magazine Street. Yep, and my okay. gym's stuff from there. All right, mm-hmm. well, thanks. They're local and female land. Yeah, they are. Absolutely right. Mm-hmm. They're right. great for the local economy. On Magazine Street That's near Jefferson Avenue, yeah. Nice. Why here's, here's something you need to know about. I want it to a product called Hangover Destroyer. Now. It's the only all-natural product medically proven to prevent a hangover. When I say medically proven, you're a doctor, so you can attest yeah, It's like that. natural. But Take yeah. a look. Go to hdestroyer.com. hdestroyer.com is a website where you can write happy hour on the coupon code and get 30% off of your first order of Hangover Destroyer. And thank you to the Positive Vibrations Foundation, who create and encourage community through the development and preservation of the arts, music, culture, and heritage. And thank you to everybody at our Patreon family. If you'd like to be a part of our Patreon family, go to patreon.com and look for It's New Orleans Happy Hour. And for as little as a dollar a month, you too can be... What are you doing? Taking a photo of uh, Ciroc's shoes here? Okay. You can be a member of our Patreon family and get a whole bunch of free stuff. Andrew Duhon is not here today, but you can find his new album, False River, on Spotify and everywhere else on the internet where you steal music, or you could buy it from his website. AndrewDuhon.com and he will be back here in fact next week for Happy Hour which will be also on Halloween what are you guys doing yes. for Halloween? I have no grid plan I'm working do you have, do you have, have kids? I have two small children so I have How no old are plans they? Uh, four and two but they love candy they do are they allowed to <laughs> the eat oldest it? one does during, during the little the one doesn't really know what it is <laughs> no. yeah. what are you doing Ar, when you're working? working yeah working yeah. in Baton Rouge we're opening the new um, uh, ACER intensive outpatient program next week and so I'll be seeing patients in Baton Rouge wow okay uh-huh. so you're everywhere yeah wow. are you playing a show what are you doing uh, getting ready to leave for tour. Yeah. Nice. Uh, None a of us are doing tour. anything exciting for Okay. And are you doing something exciting? I don't know what I'm doing. For, I'm going to be uh, here, actually. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a week from today, so we're going to be here. Oh, yeah. Andrew right. Duhon will be here, and I don't know what the, the hell we're going to be doing. I guess I'll have to come up with Where are you outfit. touring? Just Florida. Just, Just a quick one, like a okay. two-week tour. Uh, nice. Nothing wrong. And we can okay. find you at Luke. L- uh, Dustin Luke. D-U-S-T-A-N-L-O-U-Q-U-E.com. Okay. And what else do I need to know here? Just his website. Oh, okay. Well, we'll have a link to it on our website. It's newons.com as well. Appreciate it. And otherwise, we can just uh, Google you, Dustin. Look, D-U-S-T-A-N. So both names are difficult. L-O-U. Yeah. (laughs) Difficult. I'm surprised they didn't cha- make you change that for the some sort. Why of nobody knows me? <laughs> I can't find. <laughs> <But find it. laughs> when, when they were making you into somebody else, didn't they suggest you change your name to something like no you know, a stage name? Dustin Treadaway. Have you ever had a stage name? No. No. Never came up. no. No, I never had a stage name. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you escaped that one. I did. Well, Dustin, look, thank you so much yeah, for joining us. It's been great to meet you. Really cool. Alan Podesta, it's great to meet you. After all these years, I've seen your name all over Facebook and everywhere around town for years. 
That's great. I thought you were a guy for, for yeah, years, actually. Yeah, it's a confusing Most people think you know, that? Yeah, Dr. It's an unusual. Arwen. Where does Arwen come from? It's from my parents. I call them hippie literati. They were from, it's from The Lord of the Rings. Is it? Yes. Uh-huh. So uh, it would did be, you know that, I Genevieve? I know that, yes. Ah. And my youngest is Arden. Oh, great. So yes. just substitute your W for a D. Yes, that's perfect. Nice. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and she'll get Mr. when she's, Probably. you know, it's just yeah. the way yeah. of it, the yeah. world. It's no big deal. Thank you. It's good to keep people, like, throw them off. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, sometimes I'll attach, like, a little thumbnail picture on my signature line when people are, like, continuously conversing with me as Mr. Right. Yeah. I would Um, think it's an advantage to have people have the wrong idea about you constantly, though. I purposely did gender-neutral names for my girls. You did? What are they called? Arden and... Avery. I mean, that's more girly now, but it's technically... It used to be male. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wouldn't have known either. That's cool. Yeah. So then that way, when their resume comes across the table, they want to assume it's a girl. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good thinking. Genevieve Douglas, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having awesome. us. Awesome. It's great to meet you too, I have to send your name on emails. <laughs> after a long time. For years and years mm-hmm. and years. Well, mm-hmm. Thanks, everybody. That's Happy Hour for another week. Graham DePonte is the producer of our show, and our music producers are Christian Unruh and Monique Pyle. Thomas Walsh is our technical director. Asher Griffith is our Facebook live feed director. And when I say live, I hope he is still alive. <laughs> yes, he looks a lot better, actually, over there. Andrew Searock is our fact checker and social media connector, and our theme music was written by and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show and you can stay upright for about an hour while drinking alcohol, drop us a line. Our address is on our website. It's neworleans.com. We can check out many other hours of happy hour that we've recorded previously, as well as some other shows we make around here, including Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti from Columbus Palace, Louisiana Eats with Poppy Talker and our award-winning podcast about death called Death the Podcast. You can also find other great Louisiana podcasts at itsacadiana.com and itsbatonrouge.la. You can keep up with us on a bunch of time-sucking social media on all of what we're called It's New Orleans, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our It's New Orleans Facebook page. These photos were taken today by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at lafleurphoto.com. If you listen to this on your favorite podcast app, thank you for subscribing to us. Take a moment, if you've got one, to rate and review us. That helps other people find us. Our show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Fred Street, Uptown New Orleans. Happy Hours of Production. Lino Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For Andrew Duhon, who's on the road somewhere, you can find him at andrewduhon.com and back here next week. And everyone else around the table here at Wayfair and back at our office at Iono Broadcasting. Thanks for joining us. I'm Grant Morris. I'll see you back here next week for our special Halloween version of Happy Hour. See you then. <laughs>